What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Quick Hit. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, October 2nd. Week four of the NFL season is officially underway. Jets lose a brutal one last night to the Denver Broncos. Real choppy game at the end. Two really bad teams. Good win for the Broncos. Jets. We'll talk about them a little bit. We got Teddy Pristash joining the show. Um, going over, like I said, Thursday Night Football. And then we'll also give out our picks for week four against the spread. Um, both of us didn't have as much success as we did in week two. But still, both have, uh, you know... Good standings through the first two weeks of doing this. Feel really good about the picks this week. Um, so be sure to enjoy that. Hopefully you ride along with some of our bets. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, really appreciate it. Like I said, we'll be back on Monday recapping uh, week four of the NFL season. Um, next Wednesday, I'm going to give you my top ten teams in the NFL through the first month of the season. And then next Friday, we'll be back again with Teddy doing picks for week five. Not much else for me to really say other than to kick it along to me and Teddy's conversation uh, against these picks. So hopefully you all enjoy. Thank you so much again for listening. As I said, I really appreciate your feedback and support as we continue to do this. Um, And without further ado, here is uh, Teddy and I talking through week four of the NFL season. So our first week around was a little bit uh, more fortunate than last week, but we are welcoming back on Teddy Pristash. Uh, doing picks against the spread for week four of the NFL season. Teddy, as I mentioned, both of us, as I silence my computer, that's one thing I always usually remember to do, but uh, not there. Teddy, last week, you know, we went in, you know, you were 8-6-1, and one, I was 13-2. and two. Um, You had the better week. Um, still, you know, wait, did you or did I? I can't even tell. I'm trying to look at the numbers sure. I right just now. Know it was a rough week. Yeah, I just know we didn't we didn't do nearly as well as last time. Uh, I went 13 and two week one. You were eight six and one. Um, we move in to week four of the season. I'm sitting at 20 and 10. You're sitting at 14 14 and two. So dead even. You would be winning if you would just bet against the Jets, which unfortunately you can't do this week because they've already lost on Thursday night football. Um, before we get into a, uh, against the spread, Ted. Well, first off, welcome on to the show this week, and then two, what a roller coaster last night, man. I mean, that was just a up and down. Are the Jets gonna finally get a win? Oh my God, they look like the worst team in football. Like that was an insane game. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I, I went in, you know, and I was really hoping. I mean, I, obviously, I want to see them win, but I was also hoping for a loss it, just to get Adam Gase fired. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the game starts, I start rooting for the Jets. You know, it's kind of like it's a numbing experience rooting for the Jets. <laughs> and then last night, having the lead late in the game, it kind of like awoke in me, like the old fan that I used to be. Yeah. And then for them to just not convert that fourth down, and and then with two minutes left and three timeouts on the first play, have the um, Broncos just run it in for a forty-three yard touchdown. It, it just it, it, it made me feel not numb for about 30 seconds, yeah. and then it just stabbed me right in the heart. So, so I mean, I, I, I haven't felt that feeling in a long time. I usually just feel, oh, we're getting blown out, but it, it, it was something else. But, you know, right. the reports are that the Jets aren't going to fire Adam Gase, so I'm a little disappointed, but we just got to... Keep our heads up and keep moving, I guess. Yeah, my, my other Jets friend, Tom Zucker, who I, I, I became buddies with over at JMU, he told me that just, I mean, he's been a lifelong Jets fan as well, and he said that, and I guess you haven't been a lifelong, but you've been a Jets fan for a while now, he said that this is probably the lowest of the lows in his in his time, is this season specifically. Would you oh, agree yeah. with that? This, this is the worst, the worst NFL football team I've ever seen. Like, ever. And I... I I understand that the roster is bad, but I truly, truly think that at the end of the day, it all comes down to system and it all comes down to, like, if we had a different coach, we would still probably be bad, but we would at least be able to play competitive football. And you even look at last night, a game that the Jets scored 28 points in, and you maybe think, oh, well, maybe it's not that bad. But you got to think they have a broken play, run for a touchdown by Sam Darnold. They have mm-hmm. a pick six, and then they have five field goals, which most of which were set up either by by interceptions by the defense or penalties. You know, it, it's nothing came from good execution of offensive football. 
and and that's people like to get lost in the numbers and things like that. But at the end of the day, if you look at if you watch the game, you didn't see anything from the play calling you, or that that would have that would have made you think, oh, Adam Gase knows what he's doing. And you look at right. the season as the whole, the Jets have four offensive touchdowns, and two of them are deep in garbage time, and two of them are on broken plays that Sam Darnold just makes a play. Mm-hmm. Like, the Jets have not shown one time, one single time, that they can just score playing their game plan. So, I mean... Right. I could talk about it for hours. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. We, we've we've talked about making this making this a more condensed episode. Our first two, we, we were over the hour mark. We're going to keep this one a little bit shorter. The last thing I want to say about that game is I really, it's, I finally was able to understand last night why we can't fire Gase midseason. And it, it's so tough to bring coaches from outside the organization in. I, the, the way that Greg Williams is as a coach, that... Look, man, I, I know Bounty Gate was over, was almost a decade ago. It was just dirty. It was un... Um, what was the word that you used? It was uh, uh, not composed... What, what am I trying to say with all the unnecessary penalties in there? They, they oh, weren't, they're, just, they're just an undisciplined... Undisciplined, yeah, the that's the word. They're, yeah. they're young, and, and they don't understand that the little things... Exactly. Help win games. Exactly, and that, and that comes down to coaching, especially on the defensive side. They were so... Um, like you said, just they, they were all over the place making cheap, bad plays. Um, yeah, constantly. So, and that's why I think you can't, you can't fire Gase midseason if you're going to – because, like, it, it's so tough to bring in a new head coach and then to say, okay, well, we're just going to work with the coordinators and have the head like, – it, it's just too messy. So you would have to promote in, inside the organization, I guess. And uh, neither coordinators or any coaches on the staff – really scream, okay, you know, they can also take charge and do better than Gase, you know? That's kind of where I'm at with them. But, um, but but hey, like I said, the the reason they play, you know, Thursday Night Football, we will get you to actually pick every game against the spread this week. Hopefully you won't tie then just because, you know, you you were refusing to pick against the Jets. So Thursday Night Football gets that out of the way. Yeah, we're going to bet every single game. So let's dive right in there. We are going to go from the Sunday uh, early afternoon game straight through Monday Night Football, picking our bets against the spread. Um, Ted, we'll give three or four of our favorite bets, I guess. Um, just yep. taking a look at, at week two, let's see. You were one in three uh, yeah. in your best bets, and I didn't do any better at all. I was a... Whopping uh, one and three as well too. I had picked the 49ers minus four, which hit, but I didn't get the Titans minus two and a half. I didn't get the Cowboys plus five, and I didn't get the Cardinals minus six. Meanwhile, you did get the Seahawks minus five. Uh, the Falcons minus three and a half did not work. Neither did Texans plus four, and neither did Cardinals minus six. So we'll give our best bets. Hopefully, do a little bit better this time. As you can hear, my dog shaking around the apartment. Hopefully, he keeps quiet for the next, you know. 40 minutes or so, but we're going to start off first game of the early afternoon slate, the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Carolina Panthers, Arizona coming off of their first loss of the season uh, last week to the Detroit Lions, just a a massive, really bad fourth quarter from Kyler Murray, um, also through three interceptions in that game. Meanwhile, the Panthers get their first win of the season over the Los Angeles Chargers, 21 to 16. Uh, First things that I want to notice in this game, I, I just the injuries are piling up for Arizona right now. So these are the guys questionable for their game this Sunday. Uh, starting corner, Drake Kirkpatrick. Starting linebacker, Devon Kennard. Wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. That's a huge one. Both starting safeties, Buda Baker and Chris Bonio. Wide receiver, Christian Kirk. And starting center, Mason Cole. The biggest one here is DeAndre Hopkins. This season... Kyler to DeAndre Hopkins, completing 86.5% of passes for 356 yards and a touchdown. Kyler, when throwing to guys not named DeAndre Hopkins, 56 completion percentage, 430 yards and three touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Panthers uh, are a little banged up on defense and on the left side of their offensive line. Um, Yatura Grossmatos, rookie defensive end, questionable. Linebacker safety hybrid Jeremy Chin, questionable. And then left tackle Russell Okung and left guard Dennis Daly, both are questionable. Cough, cough. Put Chandler Jones on the left side of that defense and let him rub that uh, offensive line and let him feast all day. Ted Panther uh, Cardinals here on the road, still three and a half point favorites. Where do you go? Yeah, um, 
this is this is a tough one for exactly what you are just talking about all those injuries mm-hmm. um, like you said I think that biggest one is Hopkins um, I think he's really just like a motor for this offense um, mm-hmm. and when you take together the talent they have and then add in a player like that what you just say 86 percent of passes to him have been completed like yep. that that that'll change anything um as I've said before on this podcast, I'm in on the Cardinals. Those losses make me scared. Um, so this might be a game I'm staying away from. I am going to pick the Cardinals. Um, I, I would monitor whether Hopkins is playing before I actually made the bet here with Cardinals minus three and a half. But mm-hmm. um, I do just think they're a better team than the Panthers. So I'm going to pick the Cardinals. Um, but I, I think Hopkins playing is is a very important thing for if you're going to actually throw that bet in on yep. Sunday mornings. Agree 100%. If Hopkins is playing, I am definitely betting this, and it becomes one of my favorite bets if he's available. Right now, yeah, we don't. I agree. Right now, we don't know that. So three and a half, you're taking a gamble on will he be there? Um, I'm still going Cardinals minus three and a half. I agree, they're the better team. They're going to start off this season, you know, a five and two, six and one type deal with how their schedule works. Um, as you can hear, my dog is actually being a pain in the ass right now. I don't know what he's doing, um, but yeah, I agree with you. I'm going Cardinals minus three and a half. Panthers, I expect them to be a bad team this season. Cardinals, I expect them to be a good one. Um, I, I think Arizona takes care of it. Feel way more confident uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, though, definitely. Um, so we agree on the first one. Let's go to game two of the week. Uh, we've got the Baltimore Ravens fresh off their first loss of the season to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Uh, staying very close to home, but going over to D.C. to take on the Washington football team who lost this past week to the Cleveland Browns by double digits in what was, you know, a close game for a little bit, but then Cleveland separated in the second half. Um, Not a ton of injuries in this game, but someone's to keep a look at. Questionable for the Ravens, left tackle Ronnie Staley, defensive end Derek Wolfe, and inside linebacker LJ Fort. Meanwhile, for the Washington football team, stud receiver Terry McLaurin, questionable. Same with wide receiver two Steven Sims, right tackle Morgan Moses, Questionable, and then defensive end Chase Young is doubtful. I expect him to not be playing. No need to rush a rookie out there who's already dealing with an injury when you're going to have a, a down season. There's just no need for it. Ravens on the road, opening up as 13 and a half point favorites. Ted, where do you go? Yeah, so I just want to take this opportunity um, to just do a little quick victory lap on our, yeah. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Bets because I picked the Chiefs and you picked the Ravens. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, mostly, mine, but. mine with that one, I, I I'm so mad at myself because I, I, and and we'll see later on in this episode. I I shouldn't have bet against the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs so much. I always know that you know my question with Lamar is getting behind in deficits. I was so wrong about that one. Um, but yeah, hats off to you for getting that right. It was a, yeah, and, and and it's really simple. It's don't bet against the Chiefs in September. Patrick yeah. Mahomes ten and zero in September. Just don't do it. Yep. Um, but so back to this football game, I'm taking the Ravens. Um, I think that the Ravens have their problems, especially as they've shown they're 0-5 when they're down by 10 or more at halftime, things like that. Mm. But this is not the type of game where they're going to be down. Right. This is the type of game that they're going to be up, and they're going to be able to play their offense. They're going to be able to run the ball, which, by the way, I think that they should take a page out of the Rams book. And even when they're down a couple scores, to continue with what their offense is, which is yeah. running the ball. But mm-hmm. I think this is a game where they're going to have the lead. They're going to be able to run all over the place. Um, I don't think that Washington will be able to move the ball against the Ravens' defense the way that they have against some of the other teams they've played. So I think the Ravens is minus 13, pretty confident in it. Um, and that's that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it, when, when you have such a prolific run rush offense like the, the Ravens do, and, and albeit J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, they're still figuring out that backfield. Gus Edwards in there as well, too. So it's not necessarily been a consistent, but when you've got Lamar in there, stick true to what your offense is. You know, that, they're last in passing in the NFL for a reason. They throw the least amount of passes. Now, of course, their first two games, they were up a lot. It's easy to run the ball, so you're not throwing a ton of passes late in the game. Um, but I agree. Uh, the Ravens, they're not going to be down in this one. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath in the trenches for this one. The Ravens have one of the best offensive lines and power rush attacks. Meanwhile, the Washington football team has the deepest front seven, albeit you know some injuries losing Chase Young, uh, Matthew Ioannidis at defensive tackle, out now uh, with the torn biceps for the season, just had surgery, I want to say this morning. Um, but uh, bloodbath in the trenches, 
Same thing, though. You know, Washington, bad football team right now. Wide receivers are banged up. Haskins has not looked good. Um, Ron Rivera has openly admitted, you know, if it gets to a certain point, we might see Alex Smith on a football field. Uh, meanwhile, the Ravens are going to be pissed off after that loss. They're going to want to just flatten the Washington football team. I could see this being a 20-28 to 28 point game. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's going to be a blowout. Uh, so Ravens minus 13.5 as well. Um, so moving on to, I guess, what is the premier 1 o'clock game uh, of the week? Uh, very interesting matchup here. The 2-1 Cleveland Browns heading to Dallas to take on the 1-2 Cowboys. Uh, as we previously mentioned, the Browns with a double-digit win over the Washington football team. Uh, meanwhile, Dallas uh, really you know, did their best to come back uh, against the um, Seattle Seahawks. They couldn't get it on that last drive. Passing offense looked electric. Um, the one thing that I, the two notes on the Browns that I have real quick, they enter this game with the number three rush offense in the NFL, but are 31st in the passing game. Uh, meanwhile, on the flip side, they're stout against the run, but they also allow a ton of yards through the air. Injury report, it is bad. Top two starting corners are questionable, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams. Uh, so is defensive end Olivier Vernon, Kareem Hunt, although we expect him to play. Uh, left guard Joel Batonio, center J.C. Treader. Odell also questionable, but expected to play. Cowboys, uh, big thing for them, turnovers, the minus four in, in turnover differential. Also allowing 490 yards per game uh, on defense. So, you know, Dak is throwing it. Uh, you know, Dak's not throwing a ton. Of, I think he has two this season. Uh, a lot of fumbles on offense. They're not getting turnovers on defense. Limited injury report for them in terms of healthy guys. You know, Tyrone Smith, questionable. Demarcus Lawrence, questionable. Rookie Trevon Diggs questionable, but they've already lost a ton of names on that front seven. Linebacking court is weak. So is the defensive line. Uh, Cowboys open this one up as five-point favorites at home. Really interesting game, Ted. Uh, what's your breakdown? Yeah, I, I mean, I just think this is a game between um, <clears throat> two teams who I think often over these past couple seasons have gotten kind of overhyped. Um, but Watching the Cowboys this year, I mean, the Cowboys have lost to um, the Rams and to the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. And now their one win came against Atlanta, which was a close game, but it was also in, in a crazy, crazy fashion. Exactly. Um, I think the Cowboys are, are more talented um, and more well put together than they have been in recent years. Um, now, am I going to go to the bank with that statement? I'm not because we've seen what they've done mm -hmm. um, plenty of times in the past with, with this team and with Dak. But I just, at the end of the day, I think that, um, I think the Cowboys are better. I think they should have a, a good year this year. And whether that turns out to be true, we'll see. But I just do think they're a better team than the Browns. Um, I think their receiving options are so deep. Um, you have to be aware of everyone. Um, and so I just, I don't love the Browns. I just think there's more talent on the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus five. Yeah, it's a real tricky one for me. I, I'm going to go with the Browns plus five. It's really the, the injuries in this game just are terrifying. Because if Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams aren't available and Dak can just pass on backup corners all day to, like you said, what might be the deepest four receivers on any depth chart in the NFL. You know, you, you have Amari, Gallup, and then you throw in, you know, one of the best rookie receivers in CeeDee Lamb, who's been brilliant. Um, and then, I, I don't even remember his name. Cedric Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Cedric Wilson came out of nowhere last week. Um, yep. So if the Browns' corners are out, that is that is a scary uh, feel. The flip side of things, though, this Browns' rush attack is so filthy. Like, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is the best duo in the league. They're running over teams right now, and the Cowboys are thin in that front seven, especially at linebacker. I expect a lot of work from the tight ends and for Kareem Hunt out of the passing game to kind of expose some of the weaknesses on that defense. I'm going to go Browns plus five. Like you said, I am not taking this one to the bank. Uh, I'm, I'm just picking it for the sake of the show. Um, really, I, I, I could see either team winning this. It really just depends where this goes. You know, Are the Browns able to control the ground game as they have through weeks one and uh, you know through the first three weeks of the season? Or are they really having to give the ball over to Dallas a lot? And Dallas, they could just pass on this defense, man. If things are going well for their passing game, they could torch up the secondary. Um, since, it's, since I'm getting five points with the Browns and I think that this is going to be a close game, I'm just going to take them. 
Um, staff picks, I picked him to win, but like I said, you know, if you can tell by the way I'm talking about this, I don't feel confident in it at all. It's kind of just one of those games that I think might be a little bit closer than we expect it to be. All right, first disagreement. I love yeah, it. Yeah, first disagreement. Let's see where we go here. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, fresh off of a whew, bloodbath over your New York Jets. Um, you might want to rub in oh, the yeah. fact that I picked the Ravens, you picked the Chiefs. Uh, my team dominated the Jets on Sunday. Um, meanwhile, the Bears, 3-0. and uh, You know, I said it when they were 2-0. It's the worst 3-0 and team in the league right now. Um, you know, they throw in Nick Foles, and they're able to make that huge comeback over at Atlanta. Foles is now the starter for the rest of the season. They will be missing Tariq Cohen for the rest of the year, so expect an uptick in David Montgomery's touches. Um, Colts, not banged up at all, really. They're actually getting a bunch of their secondary guys back this week. Uh, Colts on the road, opening up as three-point favorites. Two-and-one team against a three-and-zero. Oh. Um, someone here is getting a loss, Ted. Who are you picking in this game? Yeah, I mean, I just um, think the Colts are a better team. I'm going to take the Colts. Mm-hmm. This is actually probably my number one favorite bet on the um, on the slate this week. Mm-hmm. I just think. I think at the end of the day, the Colts, I mean, they had that um, loss to Jacksonville, but as you kind of put it in the first pod, um, there were kind of reasons for that. It seems more like an yeah. anomaly mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, but I just, I think they're a well-put-together team. And if you look what they've done um, these past two weeks against bad teams, which, granted, the Bears are 3-0, and but I still believe they're a bad team. Right. Um, and <laughs> I just think the Colts are better, um, and... So I'm going to take the Colts. I think they're a solid, well-put-together team, and the Bears aren't. Now, I also just want to point out, um, if you look at this Colts schedule, they have the Bears, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions the next four weeks. Talk dirty to me. uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) and and the only one that really gives you any pause there is maybe the Browns. You're more of a Browns believer than I am. Um, But but they have a great, great look to um, be 6-1, 5-2, um, going in, going into Baltimore, or mm-hmm. well, Baltimore coming into them um, at the beginning of November. So I just I think that's an interesting thing to just kind of point out. Um, the the Colts, like we said at the beginning, they're going to be a team that we're betting a lot this year um, for the favorable schedule and just because I think they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going Colts minus three. Yeah, I'm with you here. I'm going to take the Colts minus three as well too. Uh, the big one for me is as long as as long as the Colts don't fall behind. I feel really strong about this bet as well too. I'll say it'll probably be one of my favorites if you know at the end when we pick our top four. Um, my whole thing is though, it's like if Philip is trying to come back, you know, down ten or down fourteen late in the game, I'm just I'm not fully comfortable with Philip Rivers yet. That's just where I'm at. If we are protecting a lead with that run game, and you know Philip has time in the pocket, then great. Um, I think you know one of the things that the Colts are starting the same offensive line this week for the 20th straight game in a row. And the next closest team behind that is three in a row. So, you know, one of the the most important parts is consistency in the offensive line. They are more consistent than anybody by a mile. So feel really strong about that unit. Uh, The Bears defense is good. There there are some, there's a whole lot of connections within this game. You know, Chuck Pagano is now the defensive coordinator for the Bears. This is his first time playing the Colts since he was the head coach there. So uh, very interesting stuff there. Meanwhile, Frank Reich, offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, who was his quarterback when they won the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. Um, Also the quarterback's coach of that time is now the offensive coordinator in Chicago. So a lot of whole, you know, interesting connections between these two teams. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. I agree. I think the Colts are a better team. Um, although I, you know, I got to say, if Foles, if Foles is Foles and, and he does well, um, this Bears team I could have a lot more confidence in. I would be way more comfortable if Mitch was the starter, uh, just because we haven't seen Foles in a while. But the Colts can put a lot of pressure on teams. They um, they blitz the least amount in the league and have the second highest average pressure percentage in the league. I saw that on uh, Twitter this morning. So they, they don't blitz a lot, but they get pressure. Bears don't have a great offensive line, so I'm with you. Uh, Colts minus three on that one, um, and I will be a very happy camper if the Colts start the season three and one, like you said, with the schedule that's coming up the next four weeks. So uh, we agree there. Back on agreeing with each other. Let's head to the next game. Um, real, real exciting teams here. The one and two Jacksonville Jaguars uh, taking on the O two and one Bengals. The Jaguars most recently uh, got a, picked apart by the Dolphins. Really. Um, and the Bengals, that tie with Philadelphia, 
just a, an ugly game if you were watching it. It was it was just it's bad. You know that Bengals offensive line is awful. Um, fortunately, Joe you know is able to take a bunch of hits and still you know has his head on his shoulders after that one. Um, Bengals essentially on a neutral field. This is a pick 'em. Bengals are favored three at home. Um, I won't be watching this game, Teddy. I'll be honest with you. But where do you go with this? For me, this is um, this is. I mean, it, it it's it is what it is. But it is kind of an interesting game when you look at these are two mm-hmm. bad teams, um, but they both have talent. Um, at least on the offense, they both have the potential to score points. Is right. basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's two bad teams, but I still think it's remotely interesting. Um. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati minus three. I I think I might be just chasing Joe Burrow's first win. Um. I think I just want it bad. I don't really know. Um, but when I look at this, I want to take Cincinnati, so I'm gonna. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole ton of analysis. I don't love the bat. I just think this is two bad teams. Who knows what'll happen? But I, I, I just, I think Burrow's gonna get some wins here. I don't expect him to. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna be a bad team, but I just, I'm chasing that first win, so I'm going Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the flip side with you here. I'm gonna get the Jaguars moving back to 500. Um, really, just the the main reasons being, I think. Um, you know, in the game last week, Philadelphia was able to put pressure on um, on Joe Burrow like a lot throughout that game, and I think the Jaguars also just have some young guys that are hungry: Taven Bryan, Caleb on Chase on. Um, I don't think it's going to be that easy for them in the pass game. Meanwhile, you know, one of the biggest things that, that's frustrating about this Bengals offense is the line can do nothing for Joe Mixon. Um, it reminds me a lot of what we see in New York with the Giants' offensive line not creating any room for um, for Saquon Barkley before he got hurt. So I just I don't have a lot of faith in the run game, and that just puts way more pressure on Burrow. Um, this could be the week. With the line just being at plus three, I'm going to take it as a close one. I'm going to pick the Jaguars to win, but... You know, like I was saying, I don't I don't feel great about this game. It's not going to be one that I put a lot of money on. I did take the over in this game, though. So I do agree. I think they'll be able to I put like up that. some points. I like that a lot. Did put the over on that one. So uh, we disagree there. We'll head on now to um, our next game of the week, which is the 1-2 Los Angeles Chargers, uh, who just lost uh, to the Carolina Panthers in Justin Herbert's second official start, first one with a full week of preparation, uh, taking on traveling to Tampa, West Coast going to East Coast for an early afternoon game, taking on the Buccaneers 2-1, and one, fresh off of their win. Who did they beat last week? They beat, uh, who did the Bucs beat last week? Why can't I remember? Um, I had it right here, the Broncos. Broncos, that's right, yep. Um, in a game where, you know, they really dominated early, Denver kind of hung around a little late, and then t- uh, Tampa Bay separated. Tampa opens up as a touchdown favorite, seven points. Uh, where do you go with this one, Ted? Yeah, for me, I just think um, I think I've been kind of betting against the Bucks these past couple weeks, simply because um, not because I don't believe they're they're going to be a good team, um, but just because I think it, I I'm usually nervous when it's a lot of new pieces being put together. Um, yeah. I believe in Tom Brady. I think I mean I had to watch him play the Jets for years and years, and I understand the type of player he is. So I think this is just going to be the week that I stop picking against them. Um, I mean. The Chargers on a great team. They have Justin Herbert playing quarterback. Um, so I'm going to go Bucks minus seven. Um, now, if the gambling gods have anything to say with this, this would be a perfect opportunity for the Bucks to not cover, um, simply because I'm flip flopping hmm. who I'm picking here. But but I just I, I I think I've been picking against the Bucks kind of out of just fear, um, and I'm just going to stop doing that. And I'm going to take Bucks minus seven. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm going to take Bucks minus seven too. This will be the part. This is the time of the year, Teddy, where that offense is is going to start really grooving. You know, this is essentially now they've had essentially three games of a preseason, which is what they'd usually get in August before the season starts to really figure things out. Um, You know, Chris Godwin, uh, I believe, is not going to be available this week, so we'll have to wait on him. Um, But, you know, if they can get Mike Evans involved, if they get the tight ends involved, I know there was an uptick in the amount of touches that Gronk got uh, last week. yeah, you know, I, I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus seven. To me, it's a, a really good team. The Chargers defense is decimated right now on all three levels, so don't love that for them. It's going to be a tough go for a young quarterback against that Tampa defense led by uh, your former head coach, Todd Bowles. Um, this one is, is a pretty easy one for me to decide. Buccaneers minus seven. Love it. 
Perfect. All right, well, let's switch to the game that we almost forgot to completely talk about. I didn't send the line over to you um, when we first started this off. We've got two 0-3 teams taking on each other in Houston. The 0-3 Vikings, fresh off of their narrow defeat uh, by the Tennessee Titans, traveling to take on the Houston Texans, who have lost to the Chiefs, the Ravens, and most recently the Steelers. Uh, this one opens up at Texans, minus 3.5. Uh, what's your breakdown of this game, Ted? Yeah, um, this is kind of another one. I, I've been chasing that those Texans um, the past two weeks, but at the end of the day, Minnesota's a bad team. The Texans with Deshaun Watson should be able to get it done. Now, I know I said this last mm. week, um, but last week, who did the Texans play last week? I Steelers. think it was a slightly better opponent. Steelers. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I do I believe the Steelers are a good team. I don't believe that about the Vikings. So I'm taking Texans minus three and a half. Texans going 0 and 4 would just be shocking um, to me. So <clears throat> that's when I like that's when I like um, decent amount. I know Texans plus four being one of my favorites last week and not hitting <laughs> definitely leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. But but I just I think they're a better team. I think they're gonna they're gonna take this one. I agree with you that the Texans starting 0-4 would be very surprising, but I'm going to predict that it happens. I'm going to take the Vikings here plus 3.5, and, and I'm going to pick them to win this game. Uh, biggest reason when I take a look at this, the Texans are by far the worst team in the league when it comes to allowing uh, rushing yards per game. And Vikings, don't know if you know it, they've got a top five running back in that backfield. Um, so I expect a, a big day from Dalvin Cook where they're keeping Deshaun Watson off the field, long drives. And then the emergence of Justin Jefferson has me excited in Minnesota. It was just one game, and rookie receivers are, are very up and down to begin their careers. So, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm fully prepared to say that he's going to be a legitimate number two option to Thielen consistently week after week. But it was exciting to see him really get, um, you know, a long touchdown in there, a lot of catches, a lot of targets. Um, to me, the Texans' defense, outside of, you know, Zach Cunningham at linebacker, is really bad. And like I said, you know, Vikings, they like to play physical. They like to play up front. Two tight end sets. Dalvin Cook just down your throat again and again. I think taking the pressure off of Kirk Cousins, I think, you know, you take a look at their first three opponents, too, for Minnesota. They played the Packers, who have a stout front seven. The Colts, stout front seven. And the Titans, a really stout front seven. So this is going to be the easiest defense that Minnesota has faced all year. Um, and meanwhile, you know, the Texans... Not having DeAndre Hopkins matters, man. It matters. David Johnson, it really does. David Johnson it really had, does. Yeah, he does. David Johnson had one good week to start the season. Hasn't been great the weeks after. And Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, they're still trying to figure things out. So, you know, I, I just think I think the Vikings are going to win this one. I think the Texans are going to fall to zero and four, and and they're going to start taking a serious look at Bill O'Brien and saying, okay. Maybe you need to just be a head coach, and maybe we need to actually bring in a general manager. Or oh, don't even get me started on that, dude. Bill O'Brien is is to me. I don't know where. Have we talked about Bill O'Brien? I'm one of the biggest anti Bill O'Brien guys out there. Yeah, I just I think I think the Texans have just shown us like over the years that they they'll have a team that can that has talent and can get wins but they can't i mean how many times have they lost in the first round of the playoffs yeah. or the second round of the playoffs you yeah. know Dude. and i just i think that 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 can happen i mean I, I think it's more common in basketball when people actually like admit it but if you have a team that can't make it past a certain point and and now you you think you lost DeAndre Hopkins you're on you've already passed your peak with that specific team like yep. you've already done that yep. and so now what are you gonna do you're just gonna continue to try to make it work every year and never build for the future and just continue to be maybe you'll maybe you'll make the playoffs but maybe you but you're always going to lose like it's just you you have to take a look in the mirror at some point yep yeah i think the bill o'brien project has failed massively i'm also across any sport when has a head coach also being a gm ever worked it never works in basketball yeah that's it, it we've seen it a few times most recently you know doc rivers took over as gm for the he was doing gm duties for a little bit back when uh steve ballmer first bought the team <laughs> Um, and he ended up, you know, being relieved of those duties. And then, I mean, he was fired earlier this week, but that's a different story and for a different time. But it just doesn't work. I don't think a GM and a head coach, I mean, outside, I know the Patriots have a, quote, GM. We know it's Bill Belichick and him just working together. So Bill is the one guy that I'll say, you know, he can be a GM and head coach. Um, Bill O'Brien, 
another example of a failed coordinator from New England. I, I've never been on him. Um, I'm glad that he's still around for the sake of the Colts, and especially if they go off to an 0-4 start, that makes it much easier for us throughout the season. Um, so we're, we're going to go a little separate here. I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one. You're going to take the Texans. One of these teams is going to walk away with their first win of the season at the very least. Yep. All right, next one. Uh, we've got the 1-2 and two New Orleans Saints, um, fresh off of their loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. Traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions, who got the first win of their season against the Arizona Cardinals. On the road, the Saints still open up as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, what do you like in this one, Ted? Yeah, I mean, I think two weeks ago when the Saints played, um, who was that primetime game against? Uh, Raiders. Uh, against the Raiders. Yeah. I, I think that really disappointed me a lot. Um, and then last week against the, the Packers, I Granted, they lost, but I think the Packers are a great team, and I think they were moving the ball mm-hmm. um, without Michael Thomas, which is something they weren't doing against the Raiders. So I, they kind of got me back in on them last week, watching them at least play a competitive game, moving the football. So um, I'm going to take the Saints. I believe Mike Thomas could be back this week. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I don't still know, up but there. yeah, still up in the air. But I think regardless, I think the Saints are a good team. Um, they impressed me last week, got me back on the bandwagon even in a loss. So I'm going to take the Saints minus 4.5 simply because they're a better team. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm taking Saints minus 4.5, probably one of my favorite bets of the week with or without Michael Thomas. My whole thing is, is I think this Detroit defense, this New England scheme, Matt Patricia, they are really good at disrupting young quarterbacks, young coaches who have never really faced it before. And so that's kind of why they kept things close with Arizona last week. Meanwhile, the Saints... Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they've been around the block. They've been around for, you know, the last two decades. Both of them have seen this scheme. They know how to work against it. They know how to pick it apart. I'm going to take the Saints minus four and a half to win this one. Um, I I think it'll probably be a much bigger score than that as well, too. Talk about, I mean, Alvin Kamara might just be the best running back in football. I mean, he is unbelievable right now. Oh, yeah, he is unbelievable. Um, Really can carry that offense, and especially if Thomas isn't available, um, you're going to lean on him heavily. Um, Another guy as well, too, Emmanuel Sanders got his first touchdown. Hopefully they can start getting him involved with Drew Brees. So, yeah, I just think Saints will pick apart this this defense. They know how to to work against it. They've seen it before. Um, So, yeah, Saints minus four and a half, pretty easy one. All right, so let's move along. Let's go to Miami. We've got the Seattle Seahawks, 3-0. Russ, early MVP favorite. He's been crushing it this season. Defense, I have my questions, uh, but they're traveling to Miami to take on the 1-2 Dolphins, who just got their first win on Thursday night football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Seahawks, still seven-point favorites. Large spread here. Um, Early afternoon game, West Coast traveling to East Coast. Where do you go with it, Ted? Yeah, for me, this is simply, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, I have Seahawks, as I've said, they're they're my Super Bowl pick. Russell Wilson is my MVP pick. Um, I would would maybe consider buying a point for Seattle simply because, I mean, the Dolphins have shown us these past two years with with that roster and with Fitzpatrick, they can hang in games. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to discredit the Dolphins because I think what the Dolphins have done with a subpar roster – um, while they're trying to rebuild, it's definitely been commendable. Yep. Um, but, but the Seahawks are just there. For, for sake of another word, in, in, in betting purposes, they're just my team. They're the team that I believe in the most every week. I look for their line and I say, I believe they can cover it. Um, they're 3-0 and against the spread so far. Like I said, I consider buying a point for Seattle just because I think the Dolphins can maybe hang around. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm taking Seattle minus 7. I see no reason not to. Um, they're just a good team. You're right about that that off, or that or defense that they have. Yeah, Definitely stresses me out a little bit. But, I mean, when they're letting Russ cook, they can do crazy things. And I just think they're a better team than the Dolphins. And mm-hmm. I'm going Seattle minus 7. Yeah, Keep it rolling. exactly. Yeah, the only thing that I'm going to add in there is I added Ryan Fitzpatrick onto a fantasy team to start him up in a league where I stream my quarterback uh, because I, I do. Like I do agree they're they're going to be able to pass the ball uh, on the Seattle defense. Um, you know, I expect a big day for Devontae Parker, um, but I agree. You know, it, it's the Seahawks, man. They're they're one of the best teams in football right now. Nobody, you know, outside of them in Kansas City, nobody's in a groove like they are right now. You'd say New England probably too. Their groove is a little bit different. They're just a ground and pound. 
Um, but the Seahawks, they got things rolling on offense. It'd be dumb to bet against them. I agree with you. I'd, I'd love to take a point, maybe make it a six-point spread, just because yeah. Miami will hang around for a bit. But at the end of the day, Seahawks are the far better team. Um, they've got the far better you know talent on the roster. So I'm going to take Seahawks minus seven. Yeah, and, and while we're on the topic of buying points, I'm just going to throw this in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call it the, 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 the Scotty Graham special advice. I love uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> This is this. He just he always is on me. He says you always buy the you always buy the half point. Now yeah. this granted it's seven. It's not seven and a half or anything like that. But look, especially when you're when you're sitting there at like six and a half or three and a half or seven and a half, always buy that half point. Yeah. It'll be worth it. That two dollars isn't going to kill you. Just do it. Right. No, I'm totally with you there. That's a good one. Um, so so flipping to another game that I essentially say is kind of the same. We're heading into this late afternoon slate now. Very talented team in the Los Angeles Rams. Two and one. Um, almost, almost made that, you know, they completed the comeback against the Bills, couldn't hold off Josh Allen, who we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, but they've got the visiting 0-3 New York Giants who, like I said, Ted, you know, they got destroyed by the 49ers, by, by you know, a bunch of backups on the 49ers. They made Nick Mullins look very good. Um, Giants 0-3, one of the worst rosters in football right alongside your New York Jets. Rams at home open up as 13-point favorites. Uh, Ted, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, watching that Giants-Niners um, game last week really made me feel less bad about the Jets, to be honest with you. <laughs> yep. Um, I think I've been giving the Giants too much credit. I think I've been expecting them to score Did more you? than they're actually capable of. Did you take them but- plus four last week? Um, yeah, did. I did. Yeah. I did. But, mm-hmm. and, and I did that because I wanted to – I thought that the Jets should have moved the ball and scored yeah. points against their backup. So I figured the Giants, with a slightly improved offense, could do that. But right. I think I've been giving them too much credit. Um, I think the Rams are a top team in the league. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the Rams here just because I don't think – if the Giants couldn't put up points against a decimated 49ers team – what are they going to be doing against this Rams team mm-hmm. who who is so well coached and and their offense is it, it's literally like watching poetry when you watch when you watch the Rams offense for a full game it, it, is. it blows my mind that Bills game last week yes they lost but you have you 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 just watch you watch the the, the plays they run in the first half and throughout the beginning of the second half are are there to set up different variations of those plays mm. that can then lead to big plays late in the game. And and they do Beautiful. it better than any team that I've seen. And I just, I, I love the Rams. I think they're a good team. I've been giving the Giants way too much credit. They're a bad team. They're down there with the Jets. So I'm going Rams minus 13. Yeah, I'm with you. I said it on, uh, I said it either Sunday or Monday. The Rams need to be taken seriously as, as maybe the third best team in the NFC. I probably go Green Bay and Seattle up at their mix of one and two. And then right behind them, I got the Rams. Their defense is much improved from last year, and the offensive line is by far, you know, the most improved unit of that of that team from last year. Um, you know, it's established the running game. It's giving Goff time in the pocket, and like you said, no one. I mean, really, it's Kyle and Sean. Those are the two best play callers in football. But Sean, right now, to me, is just is dialing up some crazy stuff. They lost to a really good Bills team that they almost won. They made a crazy comeback. They're a great team. Um, I'm taking a minus 13 as well, too. Love it. Yeah. All right, so let's go to Vegas, where we've got the 3-0 Buffalo Bills, like we were just saying. Uh, we're able to hold off that that um, late comeback. What a crazy last drive by Josh Allen, where he almost screwed them out of the game like three or four times, but then ended up with a nice dime pass to Tyler Croft in the back of the end zone uh, for them to you know hold off the Rams. Meanwhile, the Raiders, they got humiliated by the uh, New England Patriots. What do the Patriots always do on defense? They take away your best weapon. I think Darren Waller had two catches for nine yards. Josh Jacobs held under 75 rushing yards. Uh, so, you know, the Raiders had things rolling, start off the season 2-0. and Then you, you go and meet Bill Belichick in that defense. Uh, you're not going to walk away with a win. Bills on the road opening up as three-point favorites. Uh, what do you think, Ted? You know, this, this kills me, man, but I am so in on the Bills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I and and last week I said I said if they beat the Rams I will I will bury my um, my Bills hatred. Now I think that the way that that game ended with 
first of all, Josh Allen's interception, which shouldn't have been an interception, but was. That mm-hmm. was very odd. Yeah. And then, but then you throw in at the end with the um, pass interference call that I didn't really agree with. But but regardless, this is two weeks in a row now that in in winning time, when when the other team takes the lead late in the game, Josh Allen comes out and he wins. And and like I said. I'm so in on the Bills, and it kills me. I, I have that literally written down in front of me. It kills me. <laughs> I just, looking at this game, looking at Bills minus three against the Raiders, it, it feels to me like I'm looking at a Seattle spread. Like, right. I, I I am just so confident in the Bills. Watching them play is, is I don't even know. They're just a good team. They're, they're, they, have, they have depth. They have good players at every position. They have a good game plan. I just... Like I said, this is killing me, but I am so confident in this Bills team. And I think, especially after beating the Rams, let's roll. Like, yeah. They're going to keep going. So, Bills minus three, I mean, I'm in on them. Yeah, I, I, I read an article the other day that it was like, what 3-0 and team should you start fading? And the, they had the Bills on there, and I just don't get that. You've got a really good offensive line. You've got amazing talent at the receiver position. One of the best defenses in football at all three levels. They've got a stud. They've got Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker. They've got a you know amazing guys on the defensive line. Young talent like Ed Oliver in the middle of that defensive line. And then on the back end, you've got one of the best corners in Tre'Davious White. Good safety play. They're well coached. You know when you take a look at quarterback and offensive coordinators that are really in a groove together. You think the Ravens. Uh, I think the Titans and what they were able to do with with Ryan Tannehill over the last you know ten games or so. The connection between Brian Dable and, and Josh Allen, they are on the same page, man. They just have it figured out right now. And don't get me wrong, I love the Raiders. I love their offense. I think it's got a lot of potential. The defense is really bad, and I think the Rams' defense is very good. The Bills put up 30-plus points on them. I think that the Bills are going to have a field day against this defense. I'm with you. This one is an easy one to me. It'll be one of my favorites. Bills minus three on the road. They'll move to 4-0. I think... You know, we still have to see them play New England, and, and that's the one thing that's going to scare me is what is Bill Belichick going to do to Josh Allen? That's the only thing that has me worried. But right now I feel comfortable saying that the Bills are the third best team in the AFC right now. Um, I go, you know, Chiefs, Ravens. No one in the AFC South has really – aside from the Colts, I still have my reservations on them. I'm just a skeptical Colts fan. I think the Bills right now are the third best team in the yeah, AFC. Yeah, I'd pick the Bills over the Colts right now. Yeah, they, they just – they look great, so – we both agree there. We got three games left. This is going to be a really fun one. Like I said, anytime you've got, you know, the Bill Belichick against teams like the Dolphins and the Jets and the Raiders, it can get a little boring to watch it sometimes because it's just so easy. I love watching when the Patriots have a really tough opponent on offense. We are going to get that here where the Patriots 2-1 and travel to Kansas City. Chiefs 3-0 and fresh off their win over the Baltimore Ravens where Mahomes gave a big F you to the entire NFL, um, you know, he counted on the sidelines that he was, he counted one, two, three, four because he was voted the fourth best player in the uh, NFL 100 this offseason. He's on a fuck you tour. Um, really, I mean, the craziest thing for the Chiefs last week for me, I entered Monday Night Football down 63 points in fantasy football, and they combined for 68, him and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, it was just, a, it was unbelievable. Uh, Chiefs. This is crazy. When was the last time Bill Bill Belichick was a seven-point underdog? I, I, I don't know the last time that this would have happened, but that's what we've got here. Chiefs are favored by a touchdown. Going to be a really exciting game to see, A, how you know Cam and Josh McDaniels scheme against the Chiefs' defense, but then also what's this defense going to try and do to contain a guy uh, like Patrick Mahomes and all his offensive weapons? Seven-point spread is an interesting one, Ted. Where do you think uh, this one goes? Yeah, this is this is – I'm I'm so excited for this game, and I'm so excited that this is a four o'clock game. Yep. I, you know I like to play my DraftKings, so I get to play with the Patriots and Chiefs players in the in the um, the main slate, which you never get to do often. Um, I I to be honest with you, I might be getting a little cute here, but but for me, it's a tough pick. Mahomes, like I said before, he's ten and zero in September. He's five and three in October. Last year, he's zero and two before he gets hurt. And I just I think the Patriots I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but I think the Patriots will keep it close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going Patriots plus seven simply because I think this is going to be a game that um, that is won on the last drive or or won or lost on the last drive essentially. Yeah. Um, so and I just 
this is an over game for me. I got it at 53. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I don't have the, the crazy analytics um, to back this up, but I think with, with the league this year, we have, we have a record in points scored. We have a record in touchdowns. We have a record in passing touchdowns. The Patriots have showed in the last three games that they can beat you on the ground, or mm-hmm. they can. They played with the Seahawks with Cam Newton they throwing did. for over four hundred yards, or for almost four hundred yards. Like mm-hmm. he had three ninety-seven. I just think yeah. they're a team that's going to be able to at least keep pace. And I think what you have to realize is when these good teams come together, they're going to score touchdowns, regardless of the defenses. They're going to score a touchdown. So I love the over for this game. I'm taking the Patriots plus seven because I think it's going to be close, and I know we don't like to bet against the Chiefs, but I may be getting too cute, but I'm taking the Patriots. I think it's going to be close, um, and I really love the over. Yeah, I'm going on the flip side with you. I, I was mad at myself for betting against them last week, so I'm going to bet uh, I'm going to bet on the Chiefs minus seven in this one. Um, the, the thing for me, I think in terms of offenses that they face, who have the Patriots faced this year? They've faced the Miami Dolphins. They have faced the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks and, and the Raiders. They, and they did keep pace with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, my thing is the Chiefs' defense will be a little bit tougher than any of the opponents they've faced so far. Now, the Chiefs' defense isn't you know amazing, but they can hold their own. It's a very good unit, um, and it's better than Seattle's. It's, it's better than any, any defense that they've faced so far this year. This is where, to me, that we start realizing that the Patriots, they lost a lot on defense this year. I think that you know they, they between the opt-outs they had the most opt-outs on defense in the entire NFL. They also have some injuries. They lost guys like Kyle Van Noy to free agency. I think this is going to be the the one team. You know, I would feel good betting New England against 31 teams or I guess against 30 teams in the NFL. The one I'm just not comfortable with yet is the Chiefs. It kind of reminds me of what we saw in the middle of last year where it was, you know, the Ravens were rolling and then they met New England. And Baltimore still rolled over them. So I think that yep. the Chiefs are still going to be able to put up a lot of points. I do agree. I think they'll keep it close. You know, they're going to try and keep Mahomes off the field. Of course, that's obviously the number one thing you got to do. You got to keep Mahomes off the field. So they're going to run the ball a lot. Cam will get a lot more touches on the ground um, than I did than he did last week. But I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven. It's just I, I'm. It's more so that I'm just really mad at not betting. Uh, not betting them last week, and so I'm going to say that they come out here, they win by at least a touchdown against uh, against New England. And yeah, and, and you know, taking the Chiefs is never a bad play. No, so. exactly. Um, and I just want to I want to chime in here before we do our, our Sunday night and our Monday night game. I just we just went through all the one o'clock and four o'clock games, and man, just some great great day. I am yeah. so excited for football this week. I just I, I love the slate. I'm, I'm I'm confident in a lot of these bets. I just, I, I'm so excited. I love football, and I mean, I just really want to take a second to appreciate that. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for Sunday. Yeah, it's one of my, it's the best. And you know what, what, what does suck about it as we'll transition into Sunday night football is that, you know, we can't flex games until like the second half of the season. Because I think we could all agree we'd much rather see Chiefs Patriots on Sunday night football instead of Eagles 49ers. Unfortunately, I don't believe they can start changing those games until week 10, I believe, is when you can start, you know, flexing games to Sunday Night Football. So it's a bummer, but still, it's a primetime game that we get to watch them, just not at night. So, uh, but anyways, like I was saying, we've got the 0-2-1 Philadelphia Eagles, who have just been a mess this year. Carson Wentz, through his first three seasons, through seven interceptions each of his first three years, he already has six this season. The team is banged up. They look rough as hell. They, they honestly look like one of the worst teams in all of football, which is very surprising to say about the Eagles when you consider three years ago when Carson Wentz was, was rolling, he was an MVP favorite until he tore his ACL. Things have just not been the same since. They have still won games at times. This year kind of seems like where it all starts to fall apart. Um, they are taking on the 49ers who, like we said earlier, you know, just destroyed the Giants, moved the ball on them for 60 minutes straight with a bunch of backups. Uh, it was Nick Mullins and Kendrick Bourne and, and uh, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon. It was just an ugly game. 49ers open up as seven-point favorites. Um, really, really huge point in the season for the Eagles. They need a win at some point if they're going to try and hang around with Dallas in that division. Are they going to get it, Ted, or, or where are you going with this? 
Yeah, I just I, I think the Eagles have been playing like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Um, and I think Carson Wentz is playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. And as whether whether they have the pieces um, to be a good team and just haven't put it together or or what, I don't really care about the reason. I'm I'm not going to back the Eagles. Um, no. And I made the mistake against betting against the 49ers. I think the 49ers um, coming out and dominating the Jets and the Giants with their backups. Granted, those are clearly the two worst teams in the league, but but it just shows that, that the system does work. Um, and and I think Nick Mullins, I mean, he's Nick Mullins. He's, he's nothing too exciting, but I think yeah. he's he's not going to completely lose the game before it even starts for you. So right. I'm just... I'm, I think the Eagles are horrible, and I'm going to continue to bet against them. Uh, last week, they kind of squeaked it out simply because right. of the, uh, the spread. Yeah. Or no, no. Well, no, we got – no, we got – So they didn't squeak it out. So, yeah, so the Eagles stick, um, and I'm taking 49ers minus 7. Yeah, I'm with you. My thing with Nick Mullins is he's just – he's been around long enough where he really understands the offense – if this was, you know, if they had to bring in a new quarterback to understand it, Kyle Shanahan has one of the most difficult playbooks in the NFL. Nick Mullins has been around. He understands it. He's been in that locker room for a few years now. He'll get the job done. Uh, the, the big thing with the Eagles, it's still just it's injuries and, and poor coaching. You know, Doug Peterson at the end of that overtime game had a chance to, you know, he had a short fourth down. Could he have tried a long field goal? Instead, he, he took a delay of game by mistake, ended up punting the game away, just saying, okay, we'll, we'll be fine with the tie. At least we didn't lose. They seem like a team that is just, they, they've just got issues on both sides of the football. They're too banged up. Carson looks like a mess. And the 49ers are one of the most well-coached teams in football. Uh, so talent aside, you know, the coaching is, is such an advantage for San Francisco. I'm going to take the 49ers minus seven. I don't think we'll get an enjoyable game in this one, unfortunately, you know, as we take a look in these primetime matchups. But 49ers will win this. The move to 3-1, and one, Ted. You know, I, I get it. It's wins against the Eagles, the Giants, and the Jets. Still 3-1. and one. Um, You know, maybe they can still keep things going until the offense is healthy. Uh, it, they're going to have an uphill battle with the division that they're in, but got to give Kyle Shanahan credit for, for this team being 3-1 and one, despite all the injuries they've had. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I apologize for not knowing this, but now I know Mostert is just on three-week IR. What? Is Garoppolo, is he coming back? Garoppolo's got an ankle sprain. I think he's going to be back in maybe three to four weeks, I'd say. I think when I saw the injury, it was four to six weeks. So maybe by the middle, mid to end of October, he should be back. Uh, Mostert will be back in a little. Uh, Tevin Coleman is on the IR, but just for a few weeks. The, the real injuries that suck for them are defensively. You know, they're not getting back those starting defensive linemen all year. Right, right. They've still got injuries in the secondary. I'm not sure when Richard Sherman is coming back. Um, I think he's a guy that is supposed to still return kind of soon. Um, so as long as they can – I mean, Ad Debo Samuel should be back by next week, um, yep, who's another yep. you know big guy that they're missing out on. So, man, you know, if they can stay by and have a, a nice record like this – with all the injuries, they're still in a good spot to make the playoffs if, if they, you know, do well against their own division. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so one game left, Sunday Night Football. It, a rematch of the, what was it, 2017 NFC title game? It was 2017 or 2016? I don't know. It was it was an amazing game where, the you know, we were really excited, and then the Falcons just dominated the Packers to get to that Super Bowl. Um, really just blew the – this was when Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator – uh, for the for the Atlanta Falcons and and they just picked apart the Packers defense uh, in that NFC title game. Uh, much different Falcons team now. Um, one of the biggest choke jobs. I mean, in the history of the league in just consecutive weeks here, they blow another huge one to the Bears. Uh, they had such a, a huge advantage late in the game. Nick Foles comes in. The Falcons, man, you know it's it's going to be time to move on from Dan Quinn. They're going to shake things up a bit. Zero and three. Meanwhile, the Packers. Look as good as any team in the NFL, really, especially in the NFC here. Uh, defensively, offensively, without Devontae Adams, they still put up 30-plus on the New Orleans Saints, who have a very good defense. Packers open up as 7.5-point favorites. Uh, Ted, I we probably go the same way in this, but what do you think about the game? Yeah, um, for me, I mean, as I've said before and as we've seen this season, the Betting with the Falcons is not the funnest thing you can do. Dude, and it's it's um, it's betting the Falcons since like 2018. Like they just oh, yeah, no, always fuck yeah, you this over. Is like three or four years in a row where they should. It's just hard. It's hard to pick your spots with them. Um, 
But this, you know, like the Packers, I've always been a Packers hater these past like three years. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers guy, but there's just something of different. I, this year, I just think they're just a truly a good team. Yeah. And um, I think they're definitely a better team than Atlanta. So I'm taking the Packers. I just I, I think they're going to be a dominant team all year in this league, and I think I think that's just something we need to accept. Um, so I'm going to take the Packers minus seven and a half. Um, I also I took the over this game at 56 and a half. Yeah. That's a high over. But I see I see no way this game doesn't end 38 to 30 or, or right. 42 or 41 to 30 or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm taking the over. I like the Packers just because I think they're a better team. But like I said, betting against the Falcons, especially with a spread like this, you, you really never know. I consider buying that half point. Yeah, like like you were saying with with the over in this one, it's not like the Falcons are being blown out. They're losing close games where they're putting up you know twenty six or more points a game. So you know I I agree with you. The over is definitely a strong one here. I go with the Packers minus seven and a half. It's like we said with you know a bunch of games this week. We've said it on three weeks. It's a very good team that has all things clicking against. Right now, what is what is a disastrous um, you know first three weeks to a season for the Atlanta Falcons? The way things have gone, morale has to be awful. I wonder what Dan Quinn tells teams in the half. Like, what's his halftime speech? What what do you tell it? What do you like if you go into halftime, say it's a close game? Like, what does Dan Quinn say to his locker room? Like, what I, I just don't get the message because you know consecutive games now they blow double digit leads late in the fourth yeah, say, quarter. Say it's say it's a blowout. What do you tell your team in the locker? Dude, like, hey I, guys, let's not blow this again. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. It's it's just a mess. Dan will be out. I'm not sure when they'll do it. It's obvious that his future in Atlanta is not going to last long. Um, and like you said, yeah, there's something something special with the Packers this year. And, uh, you know, whether it's the Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour for not drafting wide receiver in any of in all of last year's draft, um, I don't know what it is, but he, he looks unbelievable right now. And so... Yeah. Really, really great yeah. team against a really bad team. I'm with you, Packers minus seven and a half. Ted, uh, before we get going, just give me your three or four best bets here. I'll give you mine, and then we can uh, head into our weekend. Yeah, um, so for me, Colts minus three. Um, I just think they're a better team. Um, Seahawks minus seven. Like I said before, why bet against the Seahawks? Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Then Bills minus three. Like I said, it's killing me, but I, yeah. I believe in this Bills team. I think I think I think that might be the bet of the weekend is Bills minus three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then I just I really like the over Pats Chiefs. I really like over Falcons Packers. I just I, I, I believe in these these high scoring offenses. I just believe in them to to hit the over um, and, and to score touchdowns in close games. And I, I just think the way that the um, the league has been changing. That's kind of how you win games. You have to be able to score points against good teams, you know, and, mm-hmm. and winning with defense and running the ball is becoming less and or more and more rare. So right. I like the over of those two games, and then I like Colts, Seahawks, and Bills. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm going to go Colts. I agree with you. Win by a field goal against Chicago. Uh, I'm going to take Saints minus four and a half. I think that one's a really strong bet. Uh, really well-coached team against a really bad coach team. Um I'm going to give you two more. I agree with you on Bills minus three. That, I agree, is the pick of the week. Um, and then Rams minus 13. I know it's a huge spread, but I just I don't see any way that it is within a two-touchdown game by the end of that. It's going to be, you know, you've got Sean McVay off a loss. You've got, you know, a traveling team across the country that has one of the worst rosters. It'll be a blowout. Um, those are my favorite bets. And like you said, I've got overs in a bunch of games this week, so... That's where we see things. Uh, anything else you want to add in there? I know hopefully we can have a better week. Um, you know, you get ahead of 500, uh, sitting right at 14, 14, and 2. Hopefully I can, you know, extend my my solid first two weeks. But uh, anything else, Ted? Yeah, only thing I want to add is I'm looking at my picks right now, and I picked one dog, and it was the Patriots plus 7. Um Oh, wow. So, I'm riding the favorites this weekend, man. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I picked three, so I guess I got a little more than you. I took Browns plus five, which, I like I said, I don't feel great about. I did take Vikings plus three and a half, which I do feel pretty comfortable with, and then Jaguars plus three that I said, you know, I was kind of iffy about too. So, yeah, it looks like we both are taking a lot of favorites this week, which, if I may add, when we first started this, our, our first week, we took a lot of favorites in that one. I mean, we took a bunch of favorites. And that week went really well for us. So who knows? We might be in a good spot after this one, Ted. 
Well, yeah, hope you guys take some some of our advice in here and, and ride with us throughout the week. Hopefully our best bets do a little bit better than they did last week. And hopefully overall we get back on track. Uh, Ted, always a pleasure having you on. I'm excited to do this again next week. And uh, yeah, have a good day. Enjoy your weekend. And, and to everybody listening, thanks so much. Yeah, same to you, man. Thank you. All Appreciate right. it. Yeah, see you. Bye, Rod. See you.